Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Mega Rand. This is Matt Mania. It is a show where I talk about wrestling. I'm still on tour, hanging out in a hotel room in... Where are we? Kansas City, Missouri. KC Mo. Oh. Alright, so I'm here with MC Lars. He's been nice enough to join me for the intro. Hey, Lars, how you doing? Good, it's been a good tour. I can't believe we're almost almost done, dude. Dude, it's almost over. Whoa! We have traveled all around the country and back. We're finally about to hit the last part of the Midwest and then the Northwest. I'll read off some dates, let you know where we're going. Today, tonight actually, we're in Omaha, the 14th, Colorado Springs, then what's after that? 15th, Denver, 16th, Portland. 18th, Portland, we got a couple days off there. Oh, that's true, yeah. And then 19th, Seattle, and final US date is the 20th in Eugene, Oregon, at Wow Hall. And then we go to the UK. So to check out our UK dates, go to nerdcoretour.com. We're doing U- England, Scotland, Wales, and it's going to be awesome. And Cuckoo Kangaroo are joining MC Chris, Megaran, and myself. Word up. So we've been traveling, doing a lot of fun stuff, uh, picking up interesting puns along the way from uh, from Lars. What was the last one you did? You did the... Uh... Oh, this, uh, what is a dominatrix favorite sandwich? A sub. <laughs> Because of that craziness. That's really good. Um, thank you, thank you. So, anyway, I'm a sucker for a good pun. So, uh, so we've been driving. We've been trying to keep ourselves entertained. There's been a lot of music. Uh, just listen to the Trap Called Quest album. What did you think of that? I think it's very magical, very special, very cool. Check that out. Yes, highly recommend it. What else do we listen to? We also listen to uh, Wrestling Podcast with Brother Love. Oh, that's right. Bruce Pritchard's uh, Something to Wrestle. Or is it Something to Wrestle With? We haven't quite figured that out. But Bruce Pritchard's show is really good, uh, which made me start talking about the Bret Hart situation, the Montreal Screwjob. And then you, did you watch that video yet? Watched half of the movie. I can't uh, believe Wrestling it. with Shadows, right? Yes. Highly recommended. That's really what got me back into wrestling when I heard about that. Crazy story. So you know the story and all that, but you're halfway through. So how do you feel about Bret Hart at this point? He's a good man, and I just think that um, that flashy young guy should not be trying to take the belt from him. The guy with all the bright colors on him. Oh, yeah. Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I don't appreciate it. Heartbreak kid. Um, I mean, they're both legends. Uh, but at that time, you know, they were both trying to come up. And Brett was already the man. I feel like, you know, there's always a, ne- a next man up or whatever situation. So that can be difficult. And it's crazy that he comes from a family of 20 million wrestlers. I've never heard of that. That's oh, awesome. man. It's absolutely a family business with them. Uh, Stu Hart is one of the most famous wrestling trainers. His dad... So he used to kind of just, he used to, they used to say, twist them up like pretzels in the basement. And uh, and that's how they all learn how to wrestle. It's like having uh, friends you tour with who are rappers. You learn how to rap from them. I don't know. Kind of. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think if you hang out with rappers, you should, you, eventually, you'll pick up something, right? I hope so. Word. You pick up a lot of heavy bins. I'm <laughs> True, true. So last night was Kansas City. Uh, most different show of our tour because we had some local support. So I wanted to shout them out. Epitome, um, Kadesh Flow came through, did some tromboning on my set. That was a lot of fun. Big shout out to Kadesh and the rest of the NPC crew. Uh, he gave a nice heartfelt shout out to Richie Branson in the beginning of his set. So I definitely want to shout out Richie. He's at home recovering. Uh, we love you, dude. And who else? Sky Blue. We were hanging out with him. I think you have a song with Sky Blue coming, right? Oh, yeah, it's called Rappers in the Van Getting Coffee. Coffee. Check out that flavor. Yeah, it's really dope. Where can they find it? On the Patreon? Patreon.com slash MC Lars, son. Yeah. All right, so do that. 
Um, so yeah, I've been trying to slowly get you into this wrestling culture, and um, I appreciate you being open-minded to it. It's been fun. I think you're a good teacher about it, and I think it's very interesting. It's our modern-day Greek heroes meets pop culture meets theater meets vaudeville meets actual athleticism. I'm not going to be sabooed through a coffee table if I'm not in good shape. <laughs> ICP reference. Shout out to ICP, who uh, Lars has been getting me caught up with the mythology of the great Malenko. Shout out to Jack and Jerry Briscoe. And now I know all about the mythology of the great Malenko. It's pretty great, man. It's uh, it's. I love I love the story around the stuff. It wasn't just them just dropping names. It was like they really built a story and a, a, apparently a lifestyle around it. So that's dope. I love that. Anyway, we built a lifestyle around this touring thing, and we're about to get on the road. We got to drive to Omaha. We're probably gonna get some food. Uh, speaking of food, we had vegan barbecue yesterday in Kansas City, and uh, how was that? It was cool. It was a place called F U D. Food. The U has an omelet, umlaut, or whatever on it, mm-hmm. and then my plate had an omelet on it. No, it didn't. It had <laughs> a sandwich with fake beef, and the people there were really friendly. And I asked Raheem, if you have a kid who's crying and screaming, do you hold it in the restaurant and let everyone look at you, or do you take it outside? Our friend decided to do the former because the meals had arrived. <laughs> That's a good question, ladies and gentlemen, with kids, or I feel like it'll be different. It'll be split. People with kids will be like, well, you know, you got to get your kid ready. And, you know, people without kids are like, get that baby out of here. You know what I mean? People with kids be like, well, it's just, you know, welcome to the life of humanity. <laughs> right. This is another life. It's a beautiful thing. And he's just crying out to the world because he's so excited about all the stimuli that he's uh, experiencing in the vegan place. I think it was artichoke. It was barbecue artichoke. And it, sound, and it tasted like pulled pork somehow. Yeah, it was pretty good. So check that place out. And I also want to say Kansas City has like a really classic, wonderful vibe. I was walking around the street. This guy wanted me to use my fake ID to get into this bar. He wanted to give me 20 bucks. Actually, I have a real ID, but he looked kind of like me. And I was like, nah, dude. And so I kept walking. And then I saw him at the club where we played. I'm like, this guy's not 21. Nah, he got in there, though, somehow. He was smooth. Smooth. Uh, anyway. We're about to get on out of here. My special guest today is a, a guy named Rob Aurelius. We talked to him in Brooklyn. He came to the show. He actually said he really enjoyed our set, Lars. Rob did? Yeah. Shout out to Rob Aurelius. He's cool. Uh, so check him out on Twitter. He's Rob Aurelius. Uh, he also represents a wrestler by the name of the Brooklyn Brawler. He was a classic uh, enhancement talent for WWE for over 30 years. He's the guy who The Rock wrestled for the first time, Owen Hart wrestled for the first time, so many other people because he would help them get ready. They called them jobbers, but there was so much more to their job because they had to get the guys ready to take the next step up. So, big, cool story. He actually, um, he interviewed on Talk is Jericho, so check it out. He actually puts over my man Rob in the interview. So check that out. He's got some cool stuff going on. Hit him up on Twitter. All right, here's the show. It's Mad Mania. Oh, a little bit of a note. WWE Network. I tried to cancel my subscription because I realized I wasn't using it anymore. So have I told you about the network? Yeah. So every month you get new stuff or whatever. You get access to pay-per-views. You get access to old vault uh, matches, which is fun, but not while I'm on the road. So I decided I'm going to let that let that chill for a bit. I tried to cancel it. You know what they did? Double canceled? Double charged you? No, just the opposite. They gave me a free month. And they were like, just hold on one more month. And I was like, okay. So my month of December will be free. So they got me. Because they'll probably forget. And then they'll start charging me again in January. You could watch the match where Brett the Hitman Hart gets defeated by Shawn Michaels unknowingly pinned and then punches Vince backstage in the face. Absolutely. Classic match. You got to check that out. Canadian. Uh, there's so many great uh, matches that happen around That's that time. That's Montreal. In Montreal. The Montreal Screwjob is my match of the week. You should go check that out. Uh, also, Survivor Series is coming up. So Survivor Series 99, when the big show won the title, when he wasn't even expected to be in the match when Stone Cold uh, got hit by a car. Those will be my matches I recommend you guys watch. Yeah, that's a crazy story. Well, you got to tell me that later. (laughs) I'll tell you all about it. All right, guys. It's Matt Mania. I'm Mega Ran. That's MC Lars. Thank you guys for being here and enjoy the rest of the show. I'll see you in a minute. Ring the bell. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding. All right. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Mega Ran. This is another episode of Matt Mania. This is going to be a little different. We are on location in Brooklyn, New York at The Federal. I don't really know if they want their name out there. We're in Williamsburg. Uh, we're hanging out 
Uh, Rob Aurelius is here. I have a special guest. And uh, I connected with this brother over Twitter, and I was like, man, this is a very interesting cat. Plus, I mean, we connected over the love of wrestling, but I think that this that goes so much deeper. So, real quick, Rob, tell the people who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for getting my name right, because everybody has an issue hey, with that. I have the hardest <laughs> name, so I understand and, name is important. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm, again, my name is Rob Aurelius. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, mm -hmm. and... Uh, I mean, I don't really like to talk about myself too much, but I guess people say I'm an entrepreneur okay. slash uh, promoter. Uh, you know, I do a lot of advertising, promotions, marketing, uh, sales. Uh, so pretty much, you wear a lot of hats. I yeah, see I wear a lot of hats. hats. I wear, I wear right. a lot of hats. Now, again, we met over WWE. So what is, real quick, your connection with WWE? We were talking about it a little bit before I started. I was like, oh, I need to record this. This is good stuff. So how did you connect with WWE? What's your what's your connection besides being a super fan? Because we'll get into that later. Being a fan, but what is that? What is where does WWE come in on your story? I mean, from the few podcasts I've done before, I'm not sure if I ever went in order with it. But uh, the first wrestler, pro wrestler that I ever met from the WWE was Gene Snitsky. Okay, and uh, I I, I want to say that Gene kind of helped me. He opened the doors for me in that sense with my relationship with him mm -hmm. because I met Gene at a charity event back in like 2013, okay. 2014, if I'm not mistaken, 2013. And, uh, you know, Gene, you know, from what people remember, Gene was like this ugly guy, you know, slimy. Yeah. And uh, that's not the guy that I saw that night. I saw him at a charity event. And he actually had hair and he wears glasses. I'm not sure if you've ever seen Gene Sinsky <laughs> wear glasses no. before. And he was with his wife and he was well-groomed, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But something about him threw me off. He had cow shoes on. He had shoes with, like, cow skin on it. Cow skin. Yeah, everybody makes that face when I say that. And, okay. uh, I, you know, the first I, I noticed how big he was. So the yeah, first thing I said to myself was, who is this guy, you know? And then, like... Somewhere in between the event, there was like a, I guess, a photo op opportunity, and all of a sudden, I hear somebody saying, that's pro wrestler Gene Snitsky to somebody else that was on the line. So I turned around, because I'm literally, you know, I was right next to the person, I looked, and I'm trying to look for this Gene Snitsky, because like I said, remember Gene as a monster. Right, right, right. And when I see this guy, you know, the same guy that I had seen earlier, who's like 6'8", I said, holy crap, that's Gene Snitsky. Mm. We spoke, we connected, uh, Gene followed me on social media, uh... I would say how I built built the relationship with him and started as far as offering services to the people in the wrestling industry was I got I helped Gene Snitsky get verified on Twitter because Gene had so many accounts that were out there so many imposter accounts pretending to be him and nobody really nobody really paid mind to his account because they thought he was an imposter as well okay. you know so when I got Gene verified on Twitter that kind of like opened doors for me with other people as well too in the wrestling gotcha. industry and okay. uh, yeah to make a long story short. Uh, Prince Nana from Ring of Honor, I'm not sure if oh, you know yeah, who yeah, is, yeah. Uh, who's also from Brooklyn, shout out to him. Okay. Um, that was another gentleman that I met, uh, obviously who's been around in the wrestling industry for a long time, mm -hmm. wrestled with the WWE, wrestled with Ring of Honor, the Indies, he's the one who actually got me into the Indies, Nice. and um, you know, I started doing some promotional work with him. And then, as of recent, I met Brooklyn Brawler, who's also a Brooklyn guy. Nice. A good friend of mine. Yep. Uh, Brawler and I have done so much together since we've been doing business. And I actually met him when he was still with the WWE. Nice. I met him at the Barclays Center. He was a friend of mine on social media for a few years. Okay. He never said a word to each other. Okay. And what was so special to me about that whole, how I built that, uh, began that relationship with the Brooklyn Brawler was that, uh, again, it's a service. Um, I reached out to him because... Uh, at the time, I wanted to speak with the Brooklyn Borough President about this Brooklyn publishing platform that I'm trying to create. Uh, well, actually, it's already there. It's just, you know, in the process of being built okay. called the Brooklyn Tribune. All right. It's a publishing platform where people from Brooklyn can share their stories about their life in Brooklyn, all the stuff that's been happening. Yeah. So with Brooklyn Brawler being a Brooklyn guy, I needed, I wanted endorsements. And mm -hmm. I said, how do I go about this? I have all these celebrity accounts that follow me on Twitter. And, you know, Missy Elliott... Uh, the, the name goes on, the list goes on with people. And I said, hmm, Brooklyn Brawler, would, would, if I reach out to the guy, would the guy actually respond back to me? Mm -hmm. I mean, he follows me for three years. We have never said a word to each other. He's never liked anything of mine. Okay. I've never liked anything of his. Yeah. And I said, and I knew it was him because he was verified. So mm -hmm. I said, uh, you know, let me see how this goes. So I reached out to the guy and I said, hey, uh, you know, Steve Lombardi, I'm a big fan of yours. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to seem like a mark when I did it. <laughs> 
And uh, I'm sure people know what a market. We wanted to. Was. I wanted to get into that too. Like <laughs> building relationship without yeah. seeming like yeah, a mark. Yeah, that's very I'm important. I'm using air quotes. Yeah, we're but, gonna get to that. But yeah, we got to get to that. And what happened was, uh, you know, I reached out to the guy via DM, just like I believe you mm-hmm. and I uh, yeah. met. And I said, Mr. Brooklyn Brawler, if you please may, um, you know, I wrote a tweet to the Brooklyn Borough president. He had an open house, um, which unfortunately I couldn't go to, but I actually have an appointment with him soon to meet mm-hmm. with him, the Brooklyn Borough president. Um, and I said, I'm looking for people to fave or retweet my tweet so that he can see it. Because I feel like, you know, sometimes you could tweet a celebrity, you could tweet someone, mm-hmm. and they won't necessarily see it because sometimes people just get too much notifications, especially if you're a public figure and you're out there. Yep. And I feel like the power of, you know, the, you know, just of a tweet or, or, a, retweet. or a retweet. Yeah, because yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's big. And, you know, a lot of people don't consider it an endorsement because if you look at some people's bios, they will say, They'll say it in their bios, my retweet is not an endorsement. But I said to him, you know, can I please get a fave? And he responded. And guess what he said to me? He says to me, I think I said this one of the other podcasts, but he says to me, um, normally I don't retweet or fave anything, especially fave. I don't fave anything. Okay. Don't take it personal, but I'll fave it now and I'll reverse it in two days. So I said to myself, wow, I was like, he's going to reverse right, it. So, right. you know, by the, who knows? I'm like, so hopefully this Brooklyn Borough president, uh, you know, sees this within yeah. two days. If not, it's going to be gone. Wow. And he actually favored it for me. And I guess from that point on, I guess, you know, I, I don't want to make things up, but I think Brooklyn Borough probably saw who I was, my value and what I do. Mm-hmm. And he, he probably looked into me a little bit. Plus, he, he already saw that I already, because I think I had Gene Snitsky on my bio or something mm-hmm. I, I guess I had at the time in my bio I had something that said agent to Gene Snitsky and yeah etc 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 and uh, he reaches out to me back within like a week and mm-hmm. says to me something like hey uh, and he starts calling me Brooklyn brother we have a thing where we call each other Brooklyn brother right. and he says to me hey Brooklyn brother can you fave this tweet for me so I think it was like a he was asking for the same favor back yeah he was asking for the same favor back and okay. of course since he did a favor for me why not return the favor mm-hmm. so that's how my relationship with Brawler began and with many other people same thing with Prince Nana when I met Prince Nana I feel like I needed to like I wouldn't say prove myself but earn my pinstripes yep. and you know Prince Nana just wanted to make sure I was who I said I was or at least mm-hmm. what he was saying on social media and of course me. I think people you know naturally that that's a that's within reason yeah, to want to get people to you know, verify themselves. Like, let me see who, if you are who you say you exactly. are. Exactly. And Prince Nana needed you know? verification. And um, I got him. You know, it's funny because the Ring of Honor guys, none of the guys at ROH had been verified. Even uh, Kevin Owens, by the mm-hmm. time he got verified, he was already, he had to be in the WWE to get verified. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the guys in ROH weren't verified. And some that were, was only because maybe they were in TNA before and stuff like that. There was something going on. Because, you know, okay. I, I had this back and forth with the people at Twitter. And I was like, listen, like, I'm, I'm obviously, the, the, I represent them as their publicist mm-hmm. and their agent mm-hmm. and um, I need to get these guys verified they're on television and I they meet criteria yeah and um, it was it was it was a process you know with Gina it was much faster I don't know why I guess because Twitter probably saw the thousands of accounts that were impersonated maybe yeah and excuse me with Nana I mean it was a process it took a few months and um, I, I won't forget the day that you know I was sleeping at the time and Nana's hitting me up like at six or seven in the morning mm-hmm. thanking me and from there you know we started a relationship so how I got myself into the wrestling industry and how I started offering service to these guys was, again, Gene introduced me to a few people. Gene introduced me to my business partner, Matty Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, Prince Nana got me into the indies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the indie scene, especially in New York, is very popular. So oh, I started yeah. working as a backstage agent, like some of the guys at the WWE, like what Brola was doing for the WWE. Gotcha. And, you know, most of the guys that we know, like Finley and stuff like that, started doing their type of work backstage for the in, for independent wrestlers mm-hmm. and from there we navigated to Ring of Honor um, I was going to a lot of ROH shows I was hanging out with the guys backstage I met a lot of the R- I pretty much met everybody at ROH gotcha. I met Moose I met some of the executives at ROH I met the COO of ROH nice. uh, Joe Koff and I said to myself you know I like this but how do I do this with? how do I get in through the door with the WWE mm. so I guess God heard my call and with all the work that I was doing with you know Nana and in the independent scene, and I was putting my name out there. I was meeting people like Tommy Dreamer. Mm-hmm. I was meeting people like Samoa Joe before he went. Like, I was actually at, uh, I'm very fortunate to be part of the last two independent shows that Samoa Joe did before going to NXT. Nice. One of them was in Queens, and the other one was in ROH. I don't Dope. think it was televised. 
and I got a chance to speak with Joe and some of the guys. So, so I'm assuming by the time you know I approached Brawler again and some of these WWE guys, um, they already knew who I was, mm-hmm. especially with Gene. You know what I'm saying? Because Gene was already putting my name out there, and um, you know from that point on, uh, now you know, a few months later, Brooklyn Brawler and I are still in contact about you know retweeting each other and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And finally, there was. Um, do you remember the Monday Night Raw? Before WrestleMania, that was actually in Brooklyn. This past year, WrestleMania. This WrestleMania that just passed right now. Yes. The one where Shane McMahon gave the Undertaker a black eye. Yes. All right. So I was at that Monday Night Raw, and mm-hmm. um, at the time, Cricket Wireless reached out to me, just randomly on Twitter. Okay. And they actually invited me to be part of uh, the show. They asked me. They 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 gave me uh, two free tickets, very good seats. Nice. And um, I invited my business partner Matty Rock with me, and like a week before that. I feel like God heard my call. I was depressed, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is the raw before uh, uh, this is the raw before uh, WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna have to watch it from my house." And every and I'm not that far from the Barclays Center. And every time that mm-hmm. I, the, you know the WWE guys are in town mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, I'm like, I'm just like ten minutes away from these right, guys. Right, like, you know right, what I'm right saying? there. Like, it's, it's happening it's right, right there. there. Like, but I want to be in there. <laughs> I want to be with the fans. I want. I, yeah. I, I want the. I want to feel the energy. So you know, Cricket reached out to me in the nick of time, and the next thing you know, I get tickets from them. Uh, Brawler had told me a week before that, hey, listen, brother, uh, Brooklyn brother, I'm sorry, but uh, I was trying to get you to come to Raw, but I can't do any comps. Because, you know, anything close to WrestleMania or pay-per-views in general, it's tough. And the next thing you know, um, at that time, I'm already kind of cool with Titus. I'm cool with Darren Young. I'm cool with Natalia, who I had, had met. At, I met Natalia in, in Manhattan at, by the Madison Square Garden. She uh, started a conversation with me. She was trying to get away from a few marks. And, uh, you know, I, I, the, the way, I'm always dressed in black. So that day I kind of looked like a bodyguard for, uh, for some reason. And I had my sunglasses on. <laughs> so Natalia felt safe with me. And it's funny because, you know, she's wearing her luggage. And yeah. she's like, talking to me to, like, avoid the people gotcha, that were trying to gotcha. bother her and stuff like that. <laughs> and, you know, Brawler was seeing all that stuff. So Brawler was like, oh, I see that you, you know, you're taking pictures of some of the people. I was like, well, yeah, you know, I knew some of the people already. So, um, come that Monday, you know, I'm, uh, I think it was like the day before or two days before, Cricket reaches out to me via DM on Twitter. Oh. So I tell Brawler, I said, hey, Brooklyn brother, guess what? I'm actually going to a Monday Night Raw. So he goes, oh, cool, you bought tickets? Mm-hmm. I said, no, I actually got free tickets from, uh, you know, uh, Cricket Wireless. Mm-hmm. So he says to me, cool, let's meet. But he was like, we're in Brooklyn. So remember, I can't really come out to the crowd because, you know, I don't want to get heat and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And, um... I get to the Barclays Center, got my tickets, I tell Brawler I'm in the building. Before the show even starts, because uh, uh, funny, that day they actually recorded the first SmackDown on a Monday, mm-hmm. and it was actually considered the first SmackDown in Brooklyn, because you know there hasn't been a SmackDown in the Barclays Center yet, but okay. that one. And, okay. and that's only because you know they had to go to Texas yeah. for the weekend, mm-hmm. and, and the, I mean the entire week, so they really didn't have time to like do too many shows during right, the week. So they, they all had to fly out to Texas, so they did okay. everything on a Monday, okay. and uh, you know it was real busy. But the fact that Brola came out, took time to meet with me, it was, you know, it was a beautiful, it's That's the first right. time I had met him in person. Mm-hmm. Maddie, my business partner, had met him already, you know, a few years ago from something that happened at the Madison Square Garden where Maddie was involved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from that point on, uh, I guess Brola kind of like put me over, like they say. Yeah. And a lot of the guys started following me, a lot of the WWE guys. There was already people in, there was already like wrestlers that like kind of knew who I was. But a lot, I started getting more like acknowledgement afterwards. Gotcha. And you know, after the after Brawler left the WWE, um, he parted ways with them. I I was a little sad because I said, "Wow, I was trying to get my foot in the door so I could like talk to some of these WWE guys." And now right. it's like Brawler left the company. You know, he's not yeah, with them you're, anymore. Yeah, you're connect. Your contact and is gone. Actually, that did not affect anything. It didn't affect anything. I I I believe like my relationship with some of these guys are much stronger. I recently became friends with Adam Rose. Mm. He's a friend of mine now. Uh, Aaron uh, Stevens, who was uh, formerly known as Damian Sandow. Yep. And I talk to these guys all the time. Nice. And um, as a matter of fact, El Torito, he just became my friend. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just wanted to put this out there. I, I just had the most humbling experience the other day. Uh, about two weeks ago, Brooklyn Roller came back to Brooklyn for another show, an indie show for a company mm-hmm. called Warriors of Wrestling. And Brawler had asked me to uh, accompany him to the ring. And I wow. said, Brawler, listen, I'm an agent. I, you know, I'm not an advocate. I'm not a manager. Mm-hmm. I don't have that experience. I'm not Bobby Heenan. 
you know, and he mm -hmm. says, it doesn't matter. He was like, but you're my Brooklyn brother, and I want to get you into the wrestling industry. I want people to know who you are. Dope. And I actually had the opportunity of walking into the ring, and he won the match. I was happy. Dope. And, and, you know, the fact that towards the end of the match, when he puts the Boston Crab <laughs> on his opponent, you mm -hmm. know, uh, the guy's not tapping out, you know, and I kind of like... I'm ringside telling Brawler, you know, I'm yeah. acting like Paul Heyman a little bit when yeah, Heyman yeah. tries to, you know, or like when Lana <laughs> tells Rusev, you know, like, crush him. Get so him. like I'm yeah. telling Brawler, you know, apply more pressure on it. So yeah. like, you know, I, I'm demonstrating <laughs> it, and he's looking at me in Wait, the eyes. Side note: so that so the Brooklyn Brawler's finishing move is the Boston Crab. It's been, I didn't know that. In the Indies, it's well. <laughs> if you notice uh, that that uh, remember uh, TLC. When Brolin made his first ever appearance in Brooklyn. Yes. And he teamed up with Del Rio and uh, The Miz. Yes, yes. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, he actually beat, uh, uh, I forget what the guy's name was from 3MB, but he actually beat him with, with the, the Boston, Boston crowd. Okay, so, so yeah, he's been pretty much, right. he, yeah, he's been pretty much putting, That's his move. Yeah, beating everybody with the move. Okay. And um, When I watched, uh, yeah. and I want, I want to get into your beginnings, yeah. but in my beginnings in the 80s and 90s, you know, Steve Lombardi, Brooklyn Brawler, was the the famous classic jobber who would come out first. Sometimes hey, hey, he's get an music. enhancement guy. He's enhancement an enhancement guy. guy. You, you know, <laughs> so he would be the first guy out and usually would put over a bigger guy or a more popular guy at the time. So I never got to see his, you know, his move. So I want to talk to you about your beginnings of wrestling. I got maybe three minutes because I got to head back over the doors. But then we're going to continue this later, I think. If you're going to stay, you're staying for show? Excellent. All right, so... What's your beginnings on wrestling? Like, where? What's your earliest pro wrestling memory? I'm talking about as a kid, a fan. Just what was your moment where you were like? Yeah. Well, you know, I was born in the '80s, so I'm a '90s baby. Okay. And my brothers were the one who put me into it. I was obviously watching wrestling. By the time I started watching wrestling, was the um, Federation years. Yeah. Hogan was around. Warrior. Mm -hmm. All those guys, Andre the Giant. Well, I don't, I don't know if I can really remember Andre the Giant, but I remember the Undertaker. Yeah. Um, you know, I was scared of the guy. Mm -hmm. um, I thought he was really dead. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And the gun used to scare me. Oh yeah. And you know, the Undertaker that we see now, I mean, obviously he's transitioned to like a modern. Definitely, but you know, he was like a dead guy. That yeah, was because the, remember the, he was stiff. He would wear the makeup. Uh, yeah. Be pale. Yeah. He, he the would be, eye black. Like exactly. he would be dead. But remember know? how stiff he was. Can I get the check? Sorry for these two. Oh, you should know it's too sick. Can I get the check? Yes, sir. Thank you. You know, um, he was very stiff. Yeah. When he used to like wrestle, oh, yeah. I really thought he was a dead. Man. Like he was dead. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's one of my earliest memories. Um, I remember I, that man. They showed when like, he first debuted, and yeah. kids are in the audience like mouth wide open, like I crying, like oh I'm my scared. god, like what is this guy? And it's funny that we talk about it. And this, I was just talking about this with a buddy. How wrestling was so family friendly even back in the '80s, but they had a dead guy. You know what I mean? With an urn and Paul Bear and all that, and all the death stuff. Rest in peace, and putting you in coffins. Like, it was kind of dark, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, and I was always watching these pay-per-views in the dark at my house. That's what made it even worse for me. You know, my brothers would do it on me. I'm right, like, right, I was right. like five or six years old, so my brothers used to torture me okay. watching these pay-per-views with them. And I was scared of The Undertaker, like Dude, nightmares. me too, man. He was he was vicious, man. And still is. I mean, I feel like he still he got his entrance, you know, chills. You talk about chills going up the spine at WrestleMania every time he comes out. It's oh, like, man. yo, the blue lights come down I think down The Undertaker's had the best, in, uh, like, when it comes to WrestleManias, I think The Undertaker's had the best entrances oh, absolutely. of all time. You know? Triple H has some dope ones too. Very good. But I but, but nothing like as well, but yeah, nothing like the Undertaker. Nothing like, Undertaker, nothing like the Undertaker. Dude. So right now, who are you who are you feeling right now in the new the new era? The like new what's, era? who's your guys right now? Who's my guys right now? You know, I kinda like some of these NXT guys that came up and some of these cruiserweight guys like yeah. Tony Nese. I think mm -hmm. to, I've actually met him a few times in the Indies and worked with him in the Indies. Yeah. He's real good. But um one of the guys in the new era right now that I actually like. Mm. Yeah, who's your guy? Who who would you mark out for right now if they uh, if they popped up <laughs> if they, they if they showed up to the show tonight? You'd be like, yo, that's well, uh, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, you know, because I I kind of know all these. Yeah, guys. like they're regular um, people to you at this point. So, but it's like, uh, I don't know. I mean. Who are you feeling? Like who's who's athletically? I'm pretty much feeling your everybody, guy. but I'm pretty much feeling everybody right okay. now. But, it's uh, a good time, I think, for guys who are athletes. It's a good time for uh, guys with charisma. It's a good time for guys who are great on social media. Uh, guys who are indie minded. I think I got it's, somebody. It's now. a great, a great time for that. I right? got somebody. You got now. somebody. It's, it's it's gonna have to be Finn Balor. Yeah. I, I like what he's Thank doing. You, so uh, you know, the fact that he's a smaller guy. He's not this yeah. big heavyweight dude. I like, you know, the uh, the other alter ego he has when he turns into the, the demon, demon king. And think about and how 10 years ago that would have never worked. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. him being a smaller guy yeah. at the top. 
we wouldn't have bought it. Like, it just wouldn't have worked. So I think it's just such an awesome time for guys who are just good. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you're good, and I, I think it's a great time. I think I look at it like that with music, too, in the independent circuit. If you're good, this is a great time to be good. And to know people and to, to push those, you know, push those contacts and, and, and push the envelope and do something original because it'll be rewarded. It'll be seen by somebody. Because I'll tell you this. I was a big fan, and I still am a big fan of Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Huge career fan. came very, you know, but the thing is, when I used to watch how this guy kept coming back from injuries, injury after injury, and all these things that he was doing and how dominant he was in the ring against these big guys. Because remember, it's like, it's like a David and Goliath battle most of the time, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, just watching him dominate in that ring and finally become heavyweight champion, you know, which is yes. what he deserved. Uh, you know, I was happy for the guy. I still am, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And now Such that, a great story. I mean, I think now, to be able to transition, you know, uh, uh, granted, everybody wants to be on their own terms. Like, you want to you want to quit when you want to quit. Yeah. But, you know, he's still working in the company. Like, I think it's awesome that he has come to terms with and that. I still feel he might come back someday. You know, there's a maybe. Remember, Stephanie McMahon always says this, never say never, especially when it comes yeah, to Yeah, you never say never. We were never. never supposed to see Sting in the WWE, but Sting came in. Yeah. And I was actually a big fan of Sting. I, I never wish he thought I'd see that, too. but yes, I would I mean, love even though he's in his 50s, when Sting was there, I was marking out. Oh, yeah. I was Sting marking was out. Dude, and I almost man. had the chance of meeting him recently in Philly. Uh, and I didn't get a chance to. And I was like, oh, oh man. You know what I'm saying? Dang it. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. So we are going to return with a part two. But for now, let the people know how they can get in touch with you on social media. What's the best way? On everything, I made it pretty simple. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Everything is Rob Aurelius. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. That's it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, we are going to be back in a little bit. Rob, thank you for the time. And, of course, we're going to continue with a part two. Thank you. Everybody, make sure you do the follow. Okay. Last thing. And I forgot one more thing. I always have everybody pick a song of the episode. So, all right. You mentioned the time that you came out with the Brooklyn Brawler at an indie show. If you were WWE talent or in wrestling talent in any, in any <laughs> federation, what would you come out to? Like, what's the song? Uh, what's the song you'd come out to? You know what it would have to be? Any song. It's, it's, it's actually a song that I love right now. Okay. Uh, it's two of them. Mm -hmm. uh, come, come with me by uh, uh, Puff Daddy. But the it's got to be the instrumental. Okay.
Duran. I'm back with more Matt Mania with my guest, Rob Aurelius. We are continuing a conversation. We're talking about wrestling. We're talking about just in general, I think, chasing your dreams and, um, and hustling is a big, important part of your success and your brand. And uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that before I jump back into wrestling. Today, sir, I saw a tweet from you. And it said, I prefer to earn it. It makes me appreciate it more. So, you, sir, have spent a lot of your time going out, earning, and getting uh, the majority of the, re the respect and contacts that you've managed to garner as a result of your hard work. Uh, I also met you at the show. You came out in Brooklyn. So, real quick, I want to get your impression. Had you seen anything like that before? Like, what the, the concert offered and what were your impressions coming out of there? Uh, you know, it was my first time actually going to a show like that to support indie artists. I never knew how that really worked. Uh, cause you know, normally I deal more with like, you know, established guys that are signed to like records or something. And like, you know, obviously big time concerts. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I'm a guy that likes to see things from the beginning uh, I like to see things develop. I like to see things grow. And I was actually very, very inspired, especially with your segment, the way you opened up that show, the way how you can keep a crowd entertained. You know, it really, really made me feel good because I said to myself, you know, uh, these are beautiful things that are happening every single day. And unfortunately, uh, with all the stuff that I do, I never really have the time to enjoy these things. And honestly, I really didn't think that was exactly what was going to happen that night. I thought it was something a little bit much smaller, much different, but I was actually very pleased with what I saw. I liked it. And I remember when I was talking to you in the hall that night, all these people that just came up to you, you know, uh, every time I was trying to get a word out in the conversation we were having, people were just coming up to you, sh you know, shaking your hand, applauding you, uh, hugging you, telling you you did a great segment. And I mean, I know you felt great. I know you felt great and overwhelmed about it. But I felt overwhelmed as well, too, because they said, this guy right here, like, he's got so much supporters, so much people that respect him, so much people that look up to him. And, I mean, you know, you're an entertainer, and I love it. You know what I'm saying? I really loved it. I loved everything you did that night. I loved uh, all the songs you played, uh, especially that little New Day segment. I still got the video. Uh, I have to send it to, I have to, yeah, I have to send it to you so that, you know, you can, uh, I guess, post it or something. And, I, I mean, I was happy. Even the photo that you and I shared together. Mm -hmm. uh, yours came out much better than mine, but uh, you know, like even the sh photo that we shared together, I said, "Look, mm -hmm. I'm actually spending time with this guy Megaran. This guy Megaran is a very important person, and his music is great. It's positive, and like I said, I just never seen anything or never experienced anything like that, and I'm happy that I did." Oh, dope! Thank you, man. I'm glad you were able to see that, and you know, it's 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 one thing to explain it to what we do, you know. But I think to experience it is a whole different thing. And I'm really oh, glad you were able to, to check that out. Our little, our little indie thing is uh, it's small, but it's very special to a good group of, you know, a couple hundred folks each night who come out and enjoy themselves. And, uh, and I think it really is cool to see it, you know, in its infancy and it's, it's in its beginning stages and see it grow. And, uh, I mean, before then, it was shows of 20 30 people you know so yeah i'm all about development so know? we've so, like, seen it you know we've seen it expand and to us this is like graduation you know and, <laughs> and seeing you know seeing it get to a new level you know so when i talk to a lot of the wrestler guys they they have very similar sentiments because they started a lot of them started off indie and uh so do you think and i mean i'm just going back to that quote about earning it do you feel like guys who maybe start off with the huge crowds and the huge pops and the huge, uh, you know, money and promotion behind them, maybe don't get the same appreciation for their business or their hustle or whatever their particular passion is as a guy who starts off playing for 10 people and, you know, trying to build the name and then experiencing, you know, the, the glamour and the lights, so to speak. Do you feel like the perspective is different from each side of that? It, de it really, really depends. I'm glad that you asked me that question. I am working so close in the independent scene in the, you know, when it comes to pro wrestling right now. I've worked with a few companies already. You know, I've done a little bit of promotional work for House of Hardcore. 
I worked with ICW, which is Impact Championship Wrestling, one of the biggest uh, indie companies out here. And, you know, they're New York City based, but they've had all the guys on their show, like, you know, Samoa Joe, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, you know, guys like that. I'm, I'm looking at all these indie companies and all these indie guys. I got a chance to meet with Tony Nese not too long ago when he was still doing his indie thing. And uh, there's like another guy, I forget what his name goes by in NXT now, but uh, his name was Buff Biswick when he was in the, in the Indies. Mm. And I work with these guys. And, um, you know, I'm learning as well, too, because this is all new to me. But what I'm learning is that some of these guys really do go out there and they bust their ass. And, yeah. you know, sometimes they don't get the credit they deserve. There was one independent wrestler right now that I, I really had my eyes on and I still kind of do. Uh, his name is uh, Junior Flo uh, Zombie King. And this guy, I mean, he's a cruiserweight. Uh, you know, when the cruiserweight classic was coming around, I felt like his character was supposed to be on that. From what I was told, there's going to be future cruiserweight classics, if that's necessarily true. And I will really, really do my best to help this guy be there. Because I feel like this guy, really, I mean, he's young. He's got to be like 20-something or maybe even younger. Maybe he's like 19, 20 or something. He's from New Jersey. You got to check this guy out sometime. This guy is amazing. And I feel like places he goes to, uh, you know, people are cheering his name. I, I hear it. I hear the people cheering. So I was like, oh, wow, the guy built a name for himself already. So as, as you know, so far he's built a name for himself. Damn. But, you know, will the guy be cheered if he was to go to Ring of Honor or stuff like that? I don't know. These guys, my, my, my opinion about this and my kind of advice, just to put it out there, is these guys, if you, if you show that you're professional because remember professionalism is the first thing mm -hmm. and if you're not too cocky and you're not too arrogant i mean i know sometimes that's part of a, of a gimmick and that's fine but you know real life when you put your heart and soul into this and you're passionate about this and you really really like i feel like daniel bryan was one of those guys who gave back you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. say what people say about kevin owens people some people don't like that uh, but I think the guy, I mean, listen, he may not be the best character on TV, but the thing is, I feel like he gave his heart and soul to this business. And that's what you need to do. You need to give your heart and soul and you need to be humble. You know, you need to be humble. And I feel like people will truly value you for who you are. I feel that when you kind of like start acting a little arrogant or you start acting, you know, you get kind of like get out of touch with people i feel like that's where people pick up signs and they say to themselves well i'm not gonna appreciate this guy as much i'm not gonna look at this guy as much i'm not yeah. gonna you know even bother taking a photo with him or whatever the case may be because yeah. i see this all the time i see this all the time and all these indie guys that I've, I've dealt with um you know some of them i feel like they they really they really you know got the people the, you know they, they, they they've been put over by themselves they put themselves over yeah and you know the crowd loves them the people love them and then some of these guys i feel like you know, they still have a little hurdles in the way or they just have to, you know, kind of, you know, rear, uh, uh, what's the word? They need to uh, rearrange a few things just to make sure that, you know, they bring the best out of themselves. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I used to I used to coach basketball, so I always look at that similarity. And I, I knew guys that were super talented but didn't yeah. necessarily want to practice or learn the fundamentals or come to come to practice early or stay late things like that or they just got caught up in the hype and the the glamour of being a basketball player instead of learning how to improve and so i told those guys like yo i'll cut you in a minute like there's a there's a million guys who want to work hard and they'll make it on the team before a guy who knows he's great and doesn't want to work for it so always got to refocus and reshape your your goals and your your focus at all times and make sure that you're trying to continue to be the best and be great so coming up there is survivor series happening in the end of this month i gotta get your impressions that's the last piece before we go on goldberg versus brock lesnar do you care are you excited who's gonna win what's gonna happen why is this happening and uh what do you think all right. Uh, when it comes to Goldberg and Brock, um, I had two people, my best friend and my partner, Matty Rock, to speak to me about this often. Oh, you know, the things they would say about this is, oh, you know, it's, it's so messed up how the WWE didn't give Goldberg the opportunity to wrestle in front of his child. All he wants is one match. I mean, honestly, like once Goldberg left the WWE and he wasn't around for much, I kind of, you know, like, I, you know, 
Goldberg wasn't necessarily my favorite. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I liked him. I respected him. When he came to the WWE, I was like, oh, wow, we got Goldberg now. You know, because I, I knew his value in the WCW. I, I knew that he was pretty much the face of WCW. You know what I'm saying? So I had that respect for the guy. And I still do. I always respect. I've always respected Goldberg. I think he's a great person. He's a great wrestler, great talent. But, you know, people like these people kept telling me, like, you know, it, it only makes sense to let I was like, yeah, but the thing is, everybody keeps saying the same thing about everybody. Everybody keeps asking for this sting match that he's supposed to win, uh, you know, which obviously never happened because the guy retired. The, the, then you got the match with oh, Sting and The Undertaker, like, if, if, you know, so like, listen, I know that people want so many things, but not everything is going to be made possible. When it came to Goldberg, I said to myself, you know what? Goldberg is still a little young. I mean, you know, he may be rocking that white beard and it looks good on him, but he's still a little young. I mean, he's pretty fit. I mean, I saw him on Monday when he did what he did to Rusev. And, uh, you know, so I, I I see he's still got a few jackhammers in him and he still could spear. You know what I'm saying? And, he, and like I said, he's still he's still built. And that's good that he's taking care of himself all these years that he's been out. I think it was what, 12 years that he was out of the WWE. Something he's still like in good shape. That's great. But when it comes to him and Brock Lesnar, I've been hearing so many stories about what's supposed to happen, how the match is going to end. And I said to myself, the WWE cannot continue to bring these guys in for one more run and, you know, do things on their terms. They should be able to ask these guys. They should get some creative input from the uh, talent themselves. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, listen, what is it that you want to do? How do you want to end this? I mean, now, if the guy comes in and the guy automatically says, I want to put this guy over, then that's a different story. I was hearing stories about The Undertaker, like, you know, Undertaker was trying to, uh, there were certain opponents Undertaker wanted for his WrestleManias, and the WWE obviously changed those things creatively. But Undertaker was saying that if he fought this guy, if he fought that guy, he wanted to put that guy over. So, I mean, if the streak was meant to break, it was going to break regardless, because Undertaker was already requesting, I want to fight this guy, I want to fight. From what I heard, I heard that Shane McMahon was supposed to win that match. But then, you know, of course, they made The Undertaker win it because they don't want to keep having The Undertaker lose that many matches at WrestleMania, which is fine. So when it comes to Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, I mean, listen, two phenomenal talents. Mm-hmm. Goldberg has, I mean, for, for years, he carried a company on his back. He's already proved himself. He's already solidified himself. Uh, there's nothing he has to win and there's nothing he has to lose. When it comes to Brock, I, I, I respect Brock. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the biggest Brock Lesnar fan, but I respect him. Um, I feel like the WWE is just giving him too many things. And I don't know necessarily what he's returning back to the WWE. I don't know what it is. I feel like if you're going to build this guy and make this guy the monster or well, the beast that he is, what exactly is he doing for the WWE? That, see, because we may not know. We may not know all these things Brock Lesnar's doing because, remember, Brock Lesnar cannot really necessarily break kayfabe. So, you know, you barely see the guy. You barely see him doing a Make-A-Wish uh, 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 you know, uh, request or whatever the case may be. But my thing is, what is Brock Lesnar doing? And, and you know, good, uh, what is he doing? And what is he going to give back to the WWE in return of all of this? And what I mean is, all these matches that he keeps winning, he get he keeps getting put over. Because I, from what I know, I know Brock Lesnar is only booked maybe a few times a year. Mm-hmm. And you know, he can't lose a certain amount of matches. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like he has to lose regardless. So I mean, listen, I'm when it comes to this match in particular, I'm rooting for Goldberg. I know he won the first time, and, you know, listen, 12 years, if the guy's coming back 12 years, no matter how much he's getting paid, because I know he's going to pay a lot of money for this, mm-hmm. let the guy win. I mean, Lesnar's still, I mean, even though Lesnar's still considered a part-timer, you got to understand, Lesnar has done much more than what Goldberg has done the last 12 years. Let somebody finally, I, I feel like there needs to be an opponent that finally shuts up Brock Lesnar just for a little bit. Because I thought it was going to be Randy. I, I thought it was. I was at that SummerSlam at the edge of my seat, really thinking, okay, there's going to be an RKO that's going to put Brock Lesnar away for a little bit. But it necessarily didn't happen. So, with all this being said, I I just want the WWE to do something where there, there's somebody who kind of slays the beast. You know, okay. because I understand, I appreciate the hype videos. Uh, I think uh, 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 you know Brock is an amazing talent. He's a he's a real fighter, and you know he's a you know, he's a like when it comes to these wrestlers, he's a real real dude. You know what I'm saying? I know he's a real dude. He can beat up at almost anybody in that locker room in real life. Right. Same thing with Heyman. I appreciate Heyman's promos, but can you know just like you know we weren't expecting the streak. Let's see if we can see something like where we didn't expect the Beast to get slayed, but he finally got slayed. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so you hoping for. An upset, or um, I guess Goldberg going over in front of his kids, which I think would yeah. be dope. I think yeah, because be we cool. may not see him ever again after that. You know That's what I'm saying? true. It's a good point. I think 
Brock, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that either. But I think Brock is the beast, and he will be returning. So I, I think it's going to be tough to kind of have him lose, you know, and then lose a little bit of his luster, you know. So See, but the way I see it is business-wise. Pretty much how, like, CM Puck expressed himself a few years ago when he did that podcast with uh, Cole Cabana. Some of these guys, at the end of the night, you don't see them again, or, or at least you don't see them for a while. The, the other guy is going to be back tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be on the show on Raw after that pay-per-view. And CM Punk had a, made a good point. I mean, this isn't necessarily didn't agree with certain things CM Punk said in that podcast, but I did agree with the whole thing. Like, some of these guys will be back the next day. Some of these guys won't be back for a while, or they probably won't be back again. So we clearly know that Goldberg is not going to be on the show probably the next day or whatever the case. He may not even be at that Raw, you know what I'm saying, depending what happens that night. Brock Lesnar will be back eventually because I know that Brock signed the contract with the WWE for, you know, whatever it is, another year or two, whatever the case may be. So, I mean, listen, we're, i rather see, I know we're going to have more time of seeing Brock Lesnar, you know, well, not Brock, but Paul Heyman complaining and ranting on, on national television that Brock lost. We're not going to really see Goldberg, you know, saying I, I lost or whatever the case may be. So, I mean, listen, let the guy win. Let him go home. Let his kid at least see his dad, you know, beat somebody up. And that's it. Call it a day. And then, you know, the next person that Brock fights, obviously Brock is going to have all this anger because he lost to Goldberg. Yeah. You know, he's most likely going to, you know, nobody's going to be able to stop him after that. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, like, let Goldberg, you know, put Goldberg over in this time. You know what I'm saying? Unless Goldberg actually requested, listen, I want to give this to Brock. And that's a different story. We got to respect that. You know what I'm saying? Right on. All right. Well. I'm hoping for the same thing. Rob, thank you so much for your time, brother. Uh, let them know where they can reach you. What's your Twitter? All that good stuff. And then we're signing off. Yes. Uh, so all my social media is just pretty much set up simply. Uh, my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram. You can find me at Rob Aurelius. You can also visit my website, RobAurelius.com. And that's pretty much it. All right. Thank you so much for the time, brother. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. All right. Peace. Hey, party people. It's Kate Murdoch here. And I want to talk to you about something real fresh, real new that myself and Megaran are doing now. And it involves you, the fans. Myself and Megaran just launched a Patreon, a monthly way for you all to subscribe to us and what we do. For as little as one buck a month, you'll get free exclusive downloads, a guaranteed song a month, and if you pledge at the $10 level, you'll get a free project a month, whether it be something we do together, whether it's something solo, a side project that I engineer or produce, it's guaranteed exclusive for you Patreon supporters. So, if you really like what we do, then this is the time to get down and join us. We are trying to bring back that Nintendo Fun Club vibe because this is essentially a fan club for the real fans. So check it out, patreon.com slash bits and rhymes. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash bits and rhymes. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 